You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Thanks, Bob. Thank you so much. And Mark. Hey, welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, coming to you live from beautiful Portland, Oregon. We share stories that show again and again that there's light at the end of the tunnel, that happiness and success are a state of mind, not the result of material gain or fame. Don't get me wrong, money is good, can be good, but it's really learning to cherish the journey with all of its ups and downs that I call success. Our best guests on Felony Inc. have discovered the amazing power of accountability and have converted adversity to wisdom and a success mindset. Most of our guests have been convicted of felonies, but but the lessons that they've learned can be applied to anyone's quest for success. Owning up to my past mistakes and the willingness to work harder than anyone else have been essential to my own triumphs. If you're not willing to do that, might as well have winning the lottery as your goal in life. That's how good your odds are. Positive change isn't easy. Transformation is a motherfucker. With me as usual today is my co-host, Lad Justison, who cried uncle while serving 20 years in prison himself and has essentially been my right-hand knucklehead for the last 10 years, the 10 years since he's been out, out of prison. Lad is like your typical Portlander in one way. What is that, Lad? No, no, no. He's weird as hell. <laughs> wow. What's going on, buddy? Well, hell, hell is weird. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I just want to remind all of our listeners in the Portland area, if you guys are interested in seeing our band, The Killer Granddaddies, play on New Year's Eve, we are going to be playing the Governor's Ball with Patrick Lamb. It's kind of cool because they're going to have... a bunch of other cool dudes. Oh, yeah, and you can check it out on the website. Every one of them is cooler than us, guaranteed. But there's going to be different floors, so there's going to be two floors with different bands playing on it, and we're going to be the first band on on the fourth floor, so come see us. Get a ticket. Yeah. Tickets ain't cheap, but they're worth it. Yes, there's a free meal. A, no, no. Oh, there's, yeah. There's like three, like 23 courses or something like that. That's right. Yeah. And uh, just a lot of, and there's like naked women. And, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Dave will be naked. <laughs> oh. That's one that. unfortunate situation there. Well, hey, lad. I'm going to tell you something. Our guests today are probably the youngest of all the people we've had on Felony Inc. Both are convicted felons, and as I've gotten to know them over the past few months, I see them both as transformed men. Yeah. Did you know you guys were men? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a new me. It's a new Noah Schultz. I've the first time I've called him that. Noah Schultz and Gaetano Mataliano. That's a, that's a mouthful. Yeah have taken advantage of adversity, embracing humility, acceptance, self-reliance, and accountability. In other words, they're wise way beyond their years. What are you guys, about 18? <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've started a clothing company called Forgotten Culture, and I happen to be decked out in their clothes today. Uh, if only you could see it. If only this was... This was live on video. Because, I mean, th- I look ravishing today. Pretty sexy. <laughs> I took the following from their website this morning. Glad to the honors. That's right. It says here, we gain inspiration from traditional art and blend it with modern design. This is not just a brand. It's a movement advocating elevated thinking among the madness and radically changing the status quo. Forgotten culture clothing represents the outlier seekers, hustlers, and subcultures of free thinkers slash artists too loud to be silenced by opinion and conformity. This brand is built on values of diversity, quality, community, and what else, Dave? 
Hustle. That's right. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. It's all about the hustle. I mean, if you don't hustle, screw you. I mean, you, you're not. You don't have a lot of action happening if you're not going to get up and do what you got to do, right? Basically, that's what hustle is. Welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast. Noah Schultz and Gaetano Mataliano. Thank you, man. Pleasure to be here, bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I had you guys on before, and uh, I have to take uh, accountability that I didn't do a great job. I was kind of lippy and mouthy and, you know, running my neck a lot and uh, trying to keep Lad from talking is basically what I was trying to do. <laughs> but um, I could have done a lot better job, and you guys are well-deserving of a good job. Uh, so basically what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to pass the... The baton to you and let you tell your story. I haven't told anyone, as you can see, I haven't I haven't opened your, the door to your story yet. So I'm going to start with Noah, and then you guys can go from there. All right, Dave. So a story is a very long thing, man. So you gotta yeah. break it down. Yeah, it's very worth telling them. Where Where would you like me to start? Uh, start before you were born. Oh shit! Do you remember that part? <laughs> no, no, just. Um, uh, I know that it kind of starts with uh, your childhood. You're maybe 13, whatever, 12, 13, and you you discover that you can find a little power from from uh, you know the gang mentality. Okay, for sure, and, for uh, sure. And, and you were able to sell drugs and all that. Most definitely, cool. Yes. So, you know, my story really begins in uh, in Southeast Portland. I feel growing up, I I was I'm from Oregon, was born and raised out here in Portland, and. Uh, where things really began getting rough for me was my family moved from Gresham, Oregon to a low-income neighborhood out in Southeast Portland. I was nine years old around this time. This is where things really began to change because I began to see violence on, on a daily basis. I mean, that was always existing within our home, within my parents fighting with each other, but actually seeing it happen in front of my eyes in the streets was a little bit different. And also really starting to feel kind of rejected from the school system at that time. We had transferred from a private school system. My my parents were really in the church at this point in time. Mm. And there was a, a community member from the church who was paying for our tuition. And not a lot of kind of school? It was a it was a Christian school. So I went to there up until second grade and then we moved out to southeast portland and i went to public school mm. because they was they just weren't able to pay for their, something like that and it was just way too far away. Yep. And I made my, my transition to this, this public school system and it just really started falling through the cracks. Um, started getting in trouble, started getting fighting, started building my identity on kind of being the bad kid. And so how old, how old about I, was, I was about nine years old around oh, this time. Okay. And started just like seeing that school was something I just didn't feel I was good at. And uh, was kind of told that I had all these, these labels. I was told that I was ADHD. I was told that I was ADD. I was told that I had... still is. <laughs> I was told that I had impulse disorder, all these, all these dumbass labels, man, that I was given as a kid. And the way I internalized them was, was very negative and uh, really started looking for that love and that acceptance in different places. And I found that, I found that with the guys in the streets, with the other kids who were messed up in the alternative school system and uh, ultimately involved, got involved in selling drugs at, at 12 years old. And, you know, I found that I was, I was really good at that. And I found value in that because I was praised for it and I was all of a sudden able to buy myself the things that I needed in life. And just kept going towards that route. By 13 years old, I was jumped into the gang. And really that that became my cornerstone of my identity and who I was as a person. And, uh, you know, it was like that and it it just kind of snowballed and it was this cycle. And we see this cycle on a daily basis with the young people we now work with. And um, started, you know, when... Things really reached a new height when I when I reached 16. This is a, a pivotal moment. Just when my mom had had ended up leaving, she left an abusive relationship with my father, but she kind of left us there. Mm-hmm. And I love her 100%. I'm not blaming her. In any at the kind time, of you at the time maybe you resented it a little bit. Right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. We felt a little abandoned, mm-hmm. and I I kind of took that pain and I took that that resentment and really started focusing out on the streets. You know, you I was started involved. getting violent. Started a getting a little bit. more violent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was getting jumped from. The time I joined the gang up until that, that 16th year, and like I was bigger now. Mm-hmm. Puberty had kicked in a little so bit. So now and you were to... turning the tables a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And started kind of looking for those people that hurt me, and really, really was more intentional in trying to find a way to express that 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 emotional hurt, really. And um, you know, things were just really, really messed up during that time. And this is something I like to highlight that I was in the most unstable time of my life when I ended up committing my crime. Right. So I had just turned 17 years old. And I, I had gotten robbed for 3200 in a drug deal gone bad. 
and ended up going to the guy's house and at this point at this point you guys are hanging out together so right? me and me and how long when did you guys 13 meet? years old okay so yeah so uh so you're doing work you're doing business together oh for at sure this point for sure yeah. definitely okay. stepping on each other's toes and oh really definitely, so, not, definitely not stepping <laughs> on each other's toes no no you guys were were, were partners we were business partners yeah. even at that age around 13 we were still doing business <laughs> okay so i don't want to interrupt this one go ahead so yeah so 16 years old um this my mom left and i started really going downhill ended up dropping out of high school ended up uh just drowning out my reality with alcohol and any kind of pill that i can get in my hand and when i when i got robbed that night i just snapped i snapped and first thing i, I did was go back to the neighborhood i called gaitano i got he picked me up in one of his customers trucks had his customer buy me a 40 ounce, we drove back to the house, and I grabbed my pistol from under my pillow. Put that on my waist and, and just left the house, mad as hell. Um, guy was driving the car that night, uh, we hopped into his old Buick, we were driving down the street, and guy was trying to convince me to let him come with me. And this was something, if you've seen the documentary, this is the part that was mm -hmm. left out. But I was, uh, I didn't want anybody to come with me that night. And I didn't want to bring anybody into it because I just knew this shit was going to go downhill. It was going to go bad. I didn't go in there with any idea that I was going to get out. I was just... I you, guys would both said, you guys would have both done time if, if he had gone with you. Huh? You know, honestly, it could have it could have escalated into something yeah. that, it, that <clears throat> Maybe shouldn't worse. have been. Exactly. Yeah. So I, we honestly both see it as a blessing that that, that didn't happen. Yeah. So we're on the way to the spot, and gang enforcement ends up pulling up beside us. Gang enforcement knew who we were. They knew our car. So, so they, he, he doesn't want me to get in the car... And then I, I'm like, there's no way you're leaving out of here. I'm like, I'm going with you. So we end up driving, and then we get stopped by gang enforcement as we're in the car. So we get pulled over by gang enforcement. I have a fully loaded 357 on my waistline. Are you drunk? Are you drinking and stuff? I've, I had already been drinking at this time. Yeah. So Dude I, is dangerous at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so and they pull you over. They pull us over. Anytime we're stopped by gang enforcement at this age, in this time, we're getting shook down. They're... they're, they're Completely. We don't have a license. There was no license. There was. Oh, wow. This is just a We're car. Totally we just bought cars like, and drove them until like, so they, they stopped didn't let you, they didn't let you keep driving after that. So this is the crazy part. Go ahead. So they pull up. They're like, what's up, guys? What's going on? And I just kind of fast talk my way out of it real quick. I was like, look, man. I was like, my parents are fighting. And da -da 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 -da. I was like, I'm just going to that house over there. Pointed to some random house. I was like, can I go? And they were just like, yeah. I mean, we didn't really stop you for any reason. Just to. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm gone. Boom. I walk with the 357 on my waistline, hop a fence, and I keep walking over to, uh, to you know, proceed with, with what I was going to do, which was going to go try to get my money back. I end up going in the, the guy's house. Guy's still detained. I'm detained for, like, six hours. They're just stripping the car into pieces. <laughs> like, yeah. So then I, I go over to this guy's house, and that's where I end up um, going into the window, and some shots were fired, and I ended up pistol whipping this guy in an attempt to get my money back. And uh, it just kind of went wrong. He called the cops. I was gone. Um, it was, shh, man. He ripped you off. He's playing. He's, he's deep in the game, right? And yeah. he, and then he goes and tells on you. So, yeah, he ends up. I mean, he ends up, I mean yeah. I'm going to say, you know, as a man, you say that's crazy, right? That's not, that's not okay. But what he did. But. What ended up happening from it is... Exactly, exactly. You know, it's uh, the way I like to see it these days is this, is we were both in this, this game. We were both doing wrong. You know what I mean? So there was, there was guilt on both ends. I have no anger towards this person. I have no hate towards this That's person. Good. Any of that. You know yeah, what I mean? What, like what I, good would that do you, right? Exactly. It's, it, it would be pointless. It's you've, just learned, like that you've was, learned a great that was a time. That was a time in life, and it's over. Mm -hmm. You know, we're moving on from that. Yeah. Where are we at now? Where are we going now? Mm -hmm. So that ends up happening, and... Uh, the cops around my neighborhood, and they're in front of my house with the, the little loud horn. They're yelling my name over the speakers, um, and my dad's there. And I know I have I have guns in my house, and my dad he did seven and a half over an OSP. I was concerned that my dad, when they went into the house, they were going to find the firearms. My dad was going to get sent back for you know like a five a five year deal or something like that. I was I was scared that he was going to get in trouble. For possession. And exactly. Yeah. And I remember calling back to the house and everything and my brother was on the phone before the cops had even ran in. And I just remember my brother saying I was like telling him where the guns are at, he had the shotgun, and I just hear him say, Oh shit, and his phone hangs up. I later find out that the cop that's when the cops ran and tackled him and some other stuff had happened. So that to be to be brief and everything, I, I ended up turning myself in that night. And uh they took me down to the juvenile detention center, Donnelly Long, 
and uh, I was there for nine months awaiting my sentence. So uh, I was ended up ultimately ended up getting a seven and a half year sentence under Measure 11. I plead out to a, an assault one charge, and I began that process and that journey through Oregon Oregon's Youth Authority. What were they going to get the uh, originally charged of attempted murder and stuff? Yeah. So the original. The original crime was attempted murder, attempted aggravated murder, and we were able to plead that down in the final stages. Yeah, that, for sure, it's kind of trumped up. And you're young, and mm -hmm. you know they, so you haven't you haven't been in trouble before at this point, not really. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I had been messing up in the neighborhood and stuff, but this is the first time I had ever you didn't go to sentenced. juvenile exactly. Yeah, yeah so. yeah, so this is the first time mm -hmm. at this point. So and, in a uh, way, you got a break, but. No, it didn't really seem like it, did it? You know, the crazy, the crazy part is, it's uh, with a mandatory minimum sentence, is you don't, you don't, you don't offer good time. You know what yeah. I mean? So if, if I did terrible, I would, I would do the same amount of time unless I caught another charge. But if I did exceptionally well, that still wouldn't counteract my sentences in any kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of it's a messed up uh, sentence. Yeah, we, we, we could talk a lot about Measure yeah. Eleven, but let's. But but, but <laughs> I, and we can, and that's not really what this for show sure, is about. For sure. This show is about the, what you've Definitely. done with it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So when I was inside, that's where I really began my quest for my new identity. Um, when I was sitting in the cell uh, for that nine month period, I began to really look at who I was and where I was going in life, and that's where I ended up choosing that I wanted something a little bit different than what was being offered to me. Okay. I didn't know what that was, but yeah. Well, before we go into that, let's let uh, Guy talk about his 100%. experience up to this point. For sure, for sure. How, it, how, it, how does this all work together? Um, should I start from... Like, start your childhood. Start what matters right. to you. All right, so um, I was born to my, to my father obviously, and my mother in California and Los Angeles in El Monte. That's where I was born. Um, my father at the time was, like, one of the biggest, like, meth cooks in the whole county and was just very plugged in, you know, um, into that world and just, like, had a lot of power, whatever. Um, so some altercations have went down in my house with our with our landlord and my father, and... The outcome was just, I won't get into the details, my mother was just super just scared about how like uh, how much pull he had that there was like the sheriff's county would come involved or whatever and nothing happened at all, you know what I mean? And she just was just really worried for our lives. And so eventually somehow got involved with the federal government and got us under like a kind of like a witness protection, like a safety flight thing. So then from that point on, from around like two, three years old, my life is just safe houses and women's shelters and foster systems and all this stuff for like up to like seven something like that years old where we finally are up and we're in Pensacola and we finally get a plane ticket to go stay with my family back in Puerto Rico where mm. my mom's from and so from there we go stay in Puerto Rico. Your dad Rico. is what? what, national, what my dad's uh, Sicilian. Oh, okay. Yeah, my dad's Sicilian, my mom's Puerto Rican. Yeah, um, I'm Italian. I'm yeah, but my pops was like really involved with like the like that biker lifestyle, and he was like you know you know kicking it with like you know different hoods like that. That's where he was involved in, and down there in L.A. And so it was just like a he was an interesting individual. So, bam! So we finally end up getting the flight to go stay with my family in Puerto Rico. We're staying in Caguas and Canabón up in the mountain. And like as a child, for me, it was like. It was, you know, it was heaven. I mean, we went from, like, this constant running fear, you know, and in some of these different, like, safe houses places, I mean, you're meeting some of the most damaged people, you know what I mean? I remember kicking it with some of these kids and being like, y'all are sick. Like, what's up with you guys, bro? But it, it's because of the damage that they've sure. been going through, you know what I mean? So it was just like... So finally landing in Puerto Rico up in Caguas, I'm staying there with like my great uncle, my great aunt, you know, cousins, and I'm just like, damn, you know, I found the promised land for a little bit, and it was just like this wonderful time of peace. How long were you in Puerto Rico? Um, so I was there from like seven, something like that, seven years old to around like 11. It was like a short stay. And so, so I'm there That's for a while. a long time to a kid, though. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome too, but and so the crazy thing is, is like, even though my father was so like this, you know, this like evil person that we were running from the whole time, I was like, damn, I miss my dad. Like, I want to know my dad. I want to be with my dad. And my mom says I was the main one who pressed her the most. But like, it's crazy too, because now the relationship's crazy. But I really wanted to meet you. I really wanted to, you know, it's like a natural thing for, you know, a son to want to know his father and sure. stuff. So, like, we finally 
my mom is like convinced that we need a male figure in our lives and we need to know our father da 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 so she contacts my father and so my father has like at this point you know convinced her that his life has turned around you know he's like oh you know things are good now blah 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 you know things are going to be different and so my mom against the you know what she signed up for like you know flies us all back out there and so at that point now she's no longer under the protection and they're Mm -hmm. like you know you you screwed that all up so you got to pay for it so she borrows like six thousand dollars from my great uncle and flies us all out there and so it's cool we're in like i think we're in like washington at this time like i think we're in like vancouver for a little bit and um it starts to go downhill. We, some point, we moved to Portland, and my, my mother and my father separate again. I have, like, five brothers, like six brothers, one sister. Like, I have a huge family. So at this point, when that separation happened, everyone left because my father had been, like, my mom just, like, realized he was the same dude, you know, and he's right. just, like, a really cold, you know. I mean, he's kind of like that classic Sicilian mobster. Like, if you watched, you know, Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah, or they, like, they, they can be really nice guys. Yeah, they're really, a super really cool good guy, guys. really good dude, yeah. but, like, just Ruthless was, like, cutthroat. And, yeah, cutthroat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah, the morals are a little shifty. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. man. And so... The breakup happens, and I decide, you know what, I'm going to stay with my father. Like, I want to stay with my pops. I'm going to stay with my dad. So everybody else leaves, and I stay with my father. And so my father was going through this, like, this, you know, time of, like, I guess kind of like relapse, going back to who he was. He's kind of always been like a pendulum. Like, this dude will run the one way and then just be like, damn, I can't do this, and go right back, you know, like, to the same trap. So It's a form of, to me, it's a form of mental illness yeah dude it's real man it's and i see it a lot in a lot of people in life not in in less severe forms but you know same thing so it can be cured it can be but but you have to really want understanding yeah you want to do it and real and real work and understand that you you need to do something with yourself yeah dude i feel that yeah (laughs) and so uh so yeah i'm with my i'm with my father and my father just at that point i'm like i'm just learning from my father and just gaining this like anger you know what i mean and my father was super violent i mean that's one of the reasons my mom left this my my father was just like extremely violent and like i mean dude would like was he mean to to you guys he he would he would oh yeah man i mean he did some cold some like i i went through some stuff when i was younger but like my brothers like they went through a lot more like i have my brothers got scars and stories they were bigger boys yeah Yeah. you know they were older than me so they went through like you know, crazy shit. I mean, I've had heard conversations, like, you know, stories. I'm just like, damn, like, what's up with this dude? This dude's crazy. Damn near killed him, huh? Damn near, hella times. And so, it was. Just, he's a weird dude, you know? So then, being the only one there after, you know what I mean? Like, he just, I couldn't deal it. He would, like, come home, bro, and, like, just, like, walk up to you slowly. And then just be like, right now, right now. And you just be like, whoo. And he just start gassing the hell out of you. Like, he was his enemy. You're not like, you know... And then you just wake up, like, knocked on the floor. What the hell? He'd be like, you died, homie. What happened? What happened? Look at you, you know? So you so you didn't end up like him, though. Man, I was, I'm not going to lie to you. There was, so th- I left his house at this, after this one time, and it I turned super, super cold. Because at the same point, I'm trying to reach my mother, and she's, like, on her own trying to deal with her situation. I left my my father. Basically, he threw me out, threw everything I had out. I got arrested that night. My wrist was broken that night. He, like, threw everything I had out the door. He had come home, like, they're doing that same routine where he come flex on you, mm. whoop your ass, and he came home. And at this point, I was already jumped into the hood. I'm, like, I'm catching the ones with, like, you know, grown men all the time. I'm, you know, getting jumped and shit. I'm not afraid like that. And he comes home, walks up to me on the couch, right now and like before he could say right now i'm in the air hands flying and just start getting him and i've just worked him all the way into the kitchen it was all my built-up aggression of being fucking punked forever <laughs> by this dude <laughs> i just start beating the fuck out of him so it's my language yeah but i'm getting him and i'm you feeling say, and i'm feeling right i'm like yeah, I'm saying, oh, oops. <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> hey so i work him all the way into the kitchen and then and then he's falling on the ground and i just felt all his hate in me it was crazy and i'm yelling at him you dying motherfucker Sorry, I'm like you're dying, you're dying, it's you know, okay. and uh, and then like I yourself. help him up, cool. I help him up, and he's all like bloodied up, and I'm like, and he's like, oh, are you a man? And he 
goes into my room. And at this time, too, like, the, the relationship is, like, we're just, like, two grown-ass gangsters living in the house. Like, my father-son relationship never was really there. He was, like, a guy I knew. And, like, we banged different hoods, and we'd sell each other different work. And, like, he, he'd sell me a gun. I'd sell him a gun. He'd tell me. He'd hook me up with a— You had a business a, relationship. We had a, exactly more so than I'd say, like, the real uh, father-son for a while there. Mm-hmm. And so I fight. We get in a fight. He goes into my room. Dude pulls out my pistol and, like— puts it in my hand and puts it in his face and he's like do it you real man fucking do it do it and i'm like i'm like bro get the f-. <laughs> like i just threw my shit i'm like i ain't about this man i'm out of here and then so he grabs all my stuff throws it out in the street shit's madness and then that night i get arrested blah 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 um and you're old, you're old now so at this point i'm like what like 15 13 no, i think i'm like 14 probably something like that when you moved in with me Oh, yeah, so this is, yeah. So I kind of missed the point where I get jumped in. But um, when I came, like, when I first stayed with my father and I started to live in the neighborhood, that's when I met Noah when I was going through this, like, uh, this uh, Lentz Education Center. It was, like, a, We're not, just a shitty, alternative school. Yeah, shitty alternative, alternative school. school. That's where yeah. we met. I was, like, what, 13 or something like that. Yeah. And that's when I started, started kicking it with the hood and, like, recognized this, the, the family my father had with his hood. And, like, it gave me a sense of, like, family, considering I had no one at that time. My family's gone. My father's the only, like, input in my life. And he's just not that guy, you know. So that's you guys, you guys are both bright kids. I mean, mm-hmm. bright, bright guys, right? Mm-hmm. So, did you apply yourself at all to your studies, or did you just completely say? Screw I mean, that? dude. So, you like, know, I, we, yeah, we were more focused on on yeah. getting money. Yeah. So Personally, we, we in my saw, time, like, yeah. yeah, when I was in school, so did like, you fail your classes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like everything. Okay. I even had a conversation with the principal. Where I remember she was like, "You're a grown ass man, like." I think you're going to be all right. I don't think this is for you. Like, maybe you should just apply yourself in other worlds. And I was like, oh, I've been. That's why I'm never here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was just... Eventually, was, I was getting. Changed. I'd be in class, and just my phone would be blowing up. And I'm like, okay, there's money just yelling at me right now. I'm just sitting in this, like, cornball class with these, like... Well, these are, this is, stories are great. I want to... We do... We're going to run out of time if we don't move it along. Sure. I want to say uh, when... When did things start to change? Okay, so... When, when did it come to a head, if you will, and then work go from there? Okay, so uh, after leaving, I left my father's situation, and at that point, I was just, like, cold, dude, blood cold, man, and, like... So this was a time when Noah's family was going through a transition. Well, they were, like, this, later on it happened, probably like a year or so. Yeah. So was. I already had this experience that Noah's... He was about to experience, and, like, so Noah's house was a semi-sanctuary, right? And so still fucked up, still still fucked had, up like, but it was like problems, but it was like we were still it was there cool though. Other, there was like a semi family you know I mean? structure, and it was just like something I craved. Your dad was your dad was a, was decent. his dad was a super asshole to me. Oh. It always has been to yeah. this day. Is. <laughs> <laughs> to this fucking day, he'd be like, "Sup, faggot." Yeah. <laughs> but but it's a weird like relationship though. I feel like there's still love there. It's just like that's how he expresses himself. You know, you my, my, my dad has very he's a he's super prison. Has a lot of, a lot of prison <laughs> lessons that have carried over and yeah. just kind of. You know, stuck with him in 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 his life and just the way he. But he's he managed to stay. At, he had oh, managed definitely. not to go back. Exactly. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so it was it was kind of like uh. All right, let's try to run along. No, no, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, at that point, I left the house and I'm living with Noah at this time and like we're just kind of like expressing ourselves and how we're feeling, man. I mean, I was, like, super cold. We're doing, like, random sick shit, but we always had, like, this this real, like, conscious, even throughout that whole point, we knew what we were doing. Like, we're like, this is, you know, we need to, like, get up off this, get about this, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so basically when everything kind of fell down over there at, at Noah's house, I was just like, man, I was just like... It just kind of—I mean, that's what—that was the end of it all, really. So you got okay. You got arrested. You told us about your arrest. Mm-hmm. What got you so, so arrested? Okay, later on. Okay, mm-hmm. well, at that in the same night, I was like detained for a minute. We got the house raided or whatever, but that was another story. So after Noah goes to jail, like it's like this crazy time in our neighborhood where like everything is deteriorating. People are going to jail. People are snitching on each other. Like our whole hood's falling apart. We're getting shot at all the time. Like. And it was just like, it was a, a man. And then I had just lost my dog. Like, this was my guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, this was, like, the only real person I had in the world that, like, I you're, you're had 17. That. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, 
it was wild, man. I was, you know, but basically I took over the business while he was inside. And I, so he's inside and doing his, you know, working through the process. And I'm just like, right, like raising up through the ranks and just super growing, super growth. I mean, like making the bigger huge they come, money. The harder they fall. Exactly. I get to a point where I start doing business with this, with these people. I stepped out of lines. It was like the rule in the street was you never do business with with the white folk or the clean cuts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I stepped out of line and I disobeyed the rules. I started like working with these people because the money was insane, right? Mm-hmm. Later on, find out these fools are feds, right? But before I get to that point, I just want to. I'm not gonna start talking shit on the feds. More sorry is it was grimy entrapment, right? Yeah. I would have never even been involved with these people if I did not like. The, it wasn't like pushed so hard on us, you know. But the good thing is that this led to who you are today, and I mm-hmm. like who you are today. So if we go um, now. Well, wait a minute. Do you have uh, something to say? Yeah, we better uh, thank our sponsors here real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring, their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meeting. They just get the damn job done. You can find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Ladd and uh, these guys, Guy and Noah, and uh, sent you and you get a special surprise right seriously yeah, you might as well cool. just go ahead and read the next one because well, we're falling to, way behind yeah hey, shut up <clears throat> support for today's episode comes from our friends at ruby receptionists at ruby they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships mm. their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office and with ruby's mobile app you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com startup radio. That's forward slash startup radio to sign up. Or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code startupruby. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and get a hundred and fifty dollar credit. Ooh. Hell yeah! Wow, plug. That's what's up. So you guys, you guys cool yeah, it's cool stuff. You guys, um, wow. I I I want to make sure we're getting short on time, so I want to make sure that we get the meat of the transformation. Yeah, Talk sure, about sure. the transformative parts. Of for your sure, life. for sure. So. So 17 years old, I'm, I'm waiting my sentence, and I'm able to really look at myself for the first time. I like to say sometimes prison is a fucked up monastery to where you get to really look deep on who you are as an individual. That's you the have main your mind. Opportunity in exactly. Prison. You have your mind just look. For me, I was analyzing where I had came from and where I wanted to go, and really searching for a new identity in life. So after I'm sentenced, nine months later, hammer hits um, sent throughout this process and I start getting around the right kind of people key was this a right choice here, you made this is something your mind was, make, was well, making you see, happen we, we, we have see, always we, are always we like, have always uh, kind of I can't explain it We've always oh you known, always try like, to get better yeah. even, even when you were doing the dope even when we were going through what we were going through, even selling drugs and everything, yeah. was always like, "This is what we're going to do to the point to get to where we want to rise be. up. We want to exactly. travel. So we want to do this. You know, it, like, it was moving towards the next move. We, so this we're is, always this is almost almost just like a personality trait for you. I, shit, I guess at this point, yeah. <laughs> we, so so I, I get to the facility and I see these guys who are excelling. These guys are respected by the staff. They're, like no one's fucking with them. Mm-hmm. Like they are doing their thing. And I was like. Obviously, that's the group I want to run with. These guys are the hitters. These guys are the bosses. Yeah. I want to hang around them. So anywhere in life, if you hang around the bosses, it's just going to elevate you naturally. So I start hanging out with these guys. But and, these guys uh, weren't like uh, crime bosses. They weren't, though. See, these yeah. guys were doing shit differently. <laughs> yeah. These guys were, were looking at their personal development. They were reading books. They were ex- expanding their spiritualities. They were educating themselves on a college level. And we got to let people know, these are all youngsters. These are all young men. Everybody's youngsters. Here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just kind of followed suit and started hanging out with them. And then the younger generations, they just the shit they were up to just wasn't appealing to me. You know what I mean? Sneaking in petty-ass contraband and yeah. getting sent to the hole and shit. Like, I just wasn't really with it. So I started hanging out with these older guys, and I started going back to the high school program. Like I told you, high school was something I dropped out of. Just school was just something I didn't really, didn't really fuck with at that time. Mm-hmm. But I, it was like you were forced to do it. So I yeah. started going to high school and everything. 
And the next best opportunity that was in that facility was college. It was like a portal out into the world. You're, you know? you're fortunate to have that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Now, that's now why we advocate for programming, like good programming Straight for up. these people in these prisons. Because, like, fuck, when you return back to the community, <laughs> if you don't come as an asset, you are going to fall below the poverty line. You're going to suffer. You're going to end up in and out of the cycle. Straight Very up. well said. So you have to fucking educate yourself beyond, beyond like, what, what's being given. So. Yeah. Um, Exciting stuff, to me. and that's kind of that's kind of the path I took was just attracting. I, I stayed attracted to that leadership and just really trying to improve myself as a person. Started studying business, started studying social entrepreneurship, and um, you know, honestly, man, just started working my fucking ass off. Mm-hmm. So while you were in there and uh, you're going through this transformation, guy, he's obviously out on the streets running mm-hmm. amok. Mm-hmm. Did you have uh, conversations with Guy about this? this is, I'm really curious See, how is, that worked. This out. is this is crazy as shit, and this mm-hmm. is how our connection has always been in life is. We started like simultaneously developing on different levels, and like our interests would link on the same shit. And we would kind of like hype each other through phone calls because yeah. he wasn't allowed to come in because he had caught that Fed case, mm-hmm. so he couldn't pass the background <laughs> check to even come and visit me. Was... But I called this man more than more than my own family on the phone. Yeah. Like my calls were going daily. to yeah, pretty much. Well, he is your family. Yeah. Straight yeah, up, absolutely. So like yeah. at this time, I catch. So I go through this federal indictment thing, da da da, right? And then I get put on pretrial release, and then part of my my like obligations of pretrial release is that if like I'm seen with any classified gang members or anything like that, or I'm involved in any kind of thing or any obstruction of law, was an automatic sentencing of 15 years because that's what they were trying to give me. So for like a year, year and a half, I was like isolated, mm. and this isolation gave me the space to like. To, to, to be the catalyst of the growth, you know what I mean? Because, like I said, we was we always knew we were better than our situation and that we were made for more than what we were doing. And we, like, literally knew that shit. We would always, like, bro, one day, bro, we're going to get up out of here. And da-da-da, like, it was a, we was always on this mission, the progress, the movement. And so as I get this time and space and... Noah's in there, and we we just like he said we we started we were always in contact, so we always was involved with like you know contact and and uh, we start moving, you know we start growing and like I just start reading like crazy and start stop stop doing yay stop drinking stop getting you know fucking up just like just really into and then just really my personal like he was doing a lot of school I was doing a lot of like real spiritual and you guys this whole time and, 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 oh okay I'm sorry you guys are at the same time the spiritual stuff you're doing exercise in fact okay. you're into yoga what do you do I mean I, I'm a weightlifter yeah. salsa dancer yeah. whatever I'm a human being yeah. <laughs> I love to get it in <laughs> let's go you look like you could be uh, one of uh, a freaking exotic uh, dancer mm. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he you might catch me swinging. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the guys that like. Well, I uh, better taste that on uh, on Vlad's lap. Do a lap dance. Wait, so you guys can't see these guys, but these are young, pretty boys. Ooh, by the yes, way, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Well, um, so your exercises is definitely yeah, so a big we part of really, it. Yeah, so we start really, oh yeah, dude, and just like just getting into like just growth, bro, on all levels, mm-hmm. bro, spiritual, um, physical, mental, like our relationships, just like everything, man, and just like and then really starting to lock into like what's the purpose? What are we here for? What do we want out of this joint? Like, what's the fucking movement? What's the mission? And we just started really pushing on that, onto like bettering ourselves for. The mission for what we needed to do when it when the time came, you know what I mean, and so, and then it became like this fire, dude. Mm-hmm. Where like I'm like, bro, check this book out, bro. This is just gonna change your shit, dude. Mm-hmm. I remember when I what told kind you of books you like it was, it was cool because like um, for, for for one point, you guys know like network marketing and shit like that. Oh yeah, so, like, they, they pulled up on Gaetano and stuff and like My, pulled him in, but and I'm a businessman at the time, so like I get this like network marketing scheme and I'm like, it's a pyramid. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, so we just trying to get on top? Oh God, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so for me, I was like, I seen the grind at first. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. So yeah. it's not the Maslow pyramid. No, no, no. That's was, a whole different was, thing. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> pyramid marketing. But, but yeah, the, just stay away from that yeah, stuff. But, but, the, but the good thing was they were throwing a shitload of leadership books and, oh, yeah, and just dude. growing opportunities t- uh, to yeah. him. So I will say then. that if you get hit up by the the Mormon business group, or oh, is that <laughs> what it is? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. You have to delete that out. Whatever. No. But I mean, like, they're very like it's like this like weird group it's almost like a secret society of shit but yeah. they got super good information so yeah, like if you yeah, want to get some growth we're very there real is growth on there. this show Definitely. so I, you don't Definitely. really have to hold your tongue too much okay um, cool 
don't insult anybody except, sorry, except Lad. Except Lad. <laughs> Lad. Lad's here for being insulted. But and when that, you need a <laughs> hey, we got, hey, hey, yeah. But anyway, so there was just like a lot of a lot of just business growth in that area, and so like it was an opportunity to learn a lot of cool shit. And then I was always just throwing everything right back to Noah, and then refl- it would reflect back to me with so, new literature. So what, what was your best book? The best book that I could offer out of out of all that was shit. There's so dude. Many, I'm gonna man, say two best ones. The Slide Edge by Jeff Olson. Just and looking at looking say, at our behaviors as compound interest, and that everything does build up. That your daily habits yeah, do fucking matter, and they can they can end you up in a shithole. They can it end you up. Again? It's called the Slide, slide Edge, edge. Okay. by Jeff Olson. And one more. Oh, uh, the other one that I would say like was hugely uh, like impactful was the Four Agreements oh, yeah. by Don Miguel Ruiz, and yeah. like That's a good one. that book. <clears throat> was like is I mean god man that shit just like opened me up into looking inside and just like man there's, there's a lot of and then it just continues from there but then slide edge was just like the real yeah, what are you doing with your life and how do you want to move like that's that's like uh, you know yeah. it's, it's I, like, I used to read a lot of self help books too uh, at the same age but by, mm-hmm. well, by the time I was like 20 you know 20 and on um, I was reading these things they didn't really. I always makes sense, right? But I, I could never quite get there because right. I had I had these short circuits in my mind that would send me down these negative paths mm-hmm. uh, until way later in life. But you guys are learning here, and I love it. You get to a just, Noah. Let's talk about your your journey in there. Yeah, in yeah. So um, I'm I'm nearing the end of my sentence and everything. Uh, so seven and a half years was the full sentence, and that was a day by day deal. So I had to serve the whole thing. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to end the near, I get to the end of my sentence and I'm leaving with, by this time I had already run my route with education, uh, had already graduated from Oregon State with two bachelor's degrees and I was working on my final, my, I was, and I was working on my, my final certification to Portland State University, which was the change maker certification, which was studying social entrepreneurship and social innovation. How could we apply business with that same sort of social good that nonprofits are doing on our communities, and how can we have an impact while still, you know, quite doable and exactly, very rewarding exactly. for sure. And I just, I just felt like that was the new phase of business in in our generation that a business should be doing some social good for its community, or just shouldn't exist. Yeah, you, grow, you guys just, are growing up, growing up, learning this stuff. That's a new generation. Uh, hopefully, that you're not the community, only one. Community man, community. Yeah, dude. So uh, I'm getting ready to get out, and um, I have about shit like a year left. You know, and me and Gaetano at this time, we we had already started working on this. It's crazy, like we kombucha business. Mm-hmm. We were doing this kombucha business, and uh, we're we, already getting prototypes. We're getting prototypes, man. I was making kombucha on the inside. It. They pulled me to the side and they were like, "Are you making pruno?" And I was like, "No, it's actually kombucha. It's a probiotic <laughs> drink that has." Let me put yeah. you on the game. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to. Yeah. If you're doing a, a study on it, you're doing what do they call a, you know a, to see who's. To, to see who's who likes it and stuff, you know. Yeah, what I yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. If you did that, don't get me in there because I'm always gonna say that's shit sucks. Bro, you know what? I'm <laughs> gonna challenge that. Yeah, I'm bringing yeah, a bottle yeah. to your house. Yeah, man. I don't like this. Wait, 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 wait. You're gonna think this shit's apple soda, bro? I don't like vinegar. See, that's the thing. We were converting them. We had like the pomegranate, apple. Dude, our shit was delicious. Like we have to come back with it. Maybe I'll try. It tasted like you know, it tastes like it tastes like Martinelli's. That's what our shit tasted like, like sparkling apple and stuff. Yeah, it was it was bomb. We had it down. Okay, so. We start working on this. We have an LLC formed for this, yeah, for this, for this other business. Sign paperwork, all that he's shit. He's still in, like, in custody. <laughs> We're signing business forms. And yeah, then, uh, he's, he's got a man on the street, though. And, uh, exactly, bro. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, soldier, let's go. So what happens is, um, kind of even closer towards the end of that, is I call Guy, just kind of one of our conversations, and he starts talking to me. He's like, hey, man, I've been in the basement of Morpheus Youth Project, and I've been working on this screen printing with Carlos. And what do you think? What do you think about fashion? And there was a different idea before this it's actually coming. But this, this is like the the research in this was like it started because like we were just looking into so much in depth of what it was going to really take to do the kombucha business on a full scale level, and it was just like we're meeting with people and I'm doing research and just like seeing how much hurdles there are. You know yeah. what I mean? Like super mm-hmm. huge hurdles. I mean, I, I totally feel for the people in that just, in that line of business because there's so much. Just working with a perishable product. Yeah, perishable your, product. The OLC yeah. the distribution, the, the distribution hasn't been completely yeah. set up yet. It was just such a newer thing. Yeah. At that time, was, to where exactly. there was there was the a lot infrastructure of wasn't really there yet for do you, that. Do you think if you'd have stayed, you 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 made the Honestly, right decision? Honestly, we were going to make anything happen, no matter yeah. what it is. That's but you think like, you made the right decision to get away? I from think that, right? yes. Even and though clothing, I'm oh God, that's a. Tough I mean, that's a hell of a yeah. yeah, yeah I don't know. Know. So that's um, so. How did you get into the, that's okay, what's so happened next? That's right? the dope part of the story too. Like at this time, I'm volunteering with this awesome like community organization that's out there working in like these you know at risk areas, 
Morpheus Youth Project. Um, I get put in contact with with Carlos Chavez, the director. Dude's just the realest cat. And I've like I've worked with some different groups before, and I never really was like really felt it. You know, I meet Carlos. This dude is like absolutely driven for his his communities. Like he's about it, bro. And so like I lock him full full set. I'm like, man, I want to be a part of this. I want to work with these kids. And like basically what he does is like. Um, He's like he's like a community developer. He works with people in these areas and like works with the youth in these areas and gives like positive um, outlets for you know expression and art and and just gives them you know. He offers practical programming for our kids, like shit they're actually yeah. interested in. Like engages what? them, um, like breakdancing, graffiti, break graffiti mural projects, uh, poetry, radio journalism, teaching them the ins and outs of how do you hold an interview, how would you do a radio show. Okay, um, and some of the, them some the cultural of this, competency. I, I yeah. mean, there's the cu- cultural aspect. That he's really mm-hmm. about the cultural. Definitely really about the cultural aspect. Yeah, uh, but there's also some stuff that that, sure. he, that helps them get more practical. Um, exactly. As far yeah, as yeah, yeah, Money yeah. making. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, there's all different by. kind of things, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so there was a screen printer that was donated, and so like it was like we were working making these you know shirts for the you know for the group and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And we continued to like to work in that area, and um, and uh, man, and so anyway, we continued to work in that area, and so like eventually we started like. Just, I just kind of started coming up with the idea because we kept making these dope ideas and different shirts and stuff, and I was like, man, like this is something to think about. Like, and originally it wasn't the thought of like actually creating a clothing line, but like a distribution like chain for right. for dope fashion. But um, go ahead, speak more on that, bro, bro. So it ended up being so guy calls me and he's telling me he's creating these prototypes and he's getting this great feedback from the community yeah. and the people people are buying this shit like off the press so yeah. I was like okay well <laughs> I feel like I was selling drugs again <laughs> I was like well it sounds like I was like if there's any product we can move it and I was like I don't know anything about the fashion business but we can learn we can learn, we can learn anything as long as we study it and we, we apply ourselves to it yeah. so I'm on the inside he's on the outside he's learning these practical skills of running the screen printing machine and some of these hands on things and I start doing the development side I start studying this industry and really trying to identify our target market and who we're trying to reach with this product. So that starts when I'm inside. Um, I'm able to do that through some of the college studies computers. So I started so working on that. So you're the one that uh, came up with the logo while you I were did not, in there? No, that was... Uh, I actually drew that by hand. Like, it was so crazy. I had, like, a dream and I woke up from... The, I seen the, the logo in my dream and, like, woke up from the dream and was, like, started sketching it and I just sketched it. And then later on, my boy Alex helped us, like, actually vectorize it and make it a, a real deal. Right on. Okay. Came from the spirit. So now, <laughs> this was how long ago? Shit, man. This was yeah. in uh, 2015 is when okay. we were, really started. Even, not, oh, no, yeah, you're right. It was right, right around three years. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you go ahead, Noah, we're getting close to the end. Why don't you go ahead and plug your, your, your clothing line and also... Tell our guests about your documentary and how they can yeah, for sure, that for out. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys can find the, the clothing line at ForgottenCultureClothing.com. You can find us on Instagram at, at Forgotten underscore Culture, on Facebook, Forgotten Culture Clothing. And, yeah, really just stay in There's touch. also a band named Forgotten Culture. There is also. When I Googled you. Know, I was, yeah, you know what? I was actually uh, texting those guys back and forth. I was like, well, shit, when are y'all in Portland? I'll kind of work together. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That, that could be the ultimate. Work together rather than go, oh, my God, these guys. Oh, yeah. You know, no, I came at it with pure love, man. That's the one and they like, were, they cornerstone were cool of our company. It's collaboration over competition. Over Straight up. It's community, like, man. Bro, it's community. We're out here and like trying to just build a community, not tear and, it down. And... And since we started this thing, since since we started, once I was released in 2016, that's when we really started getting this movement, pushing towards it, um, expanding on the development, and really deciding on what it is that we wanted to, to bring to the world. And um, the vibe that's been created around this has been pretty pretty incredible, connecting with these different artists in Portland, um, from music to visual and multimedia artists, and just the kind of people that this has attracted is, is what we, we were hoping cool. for. Yeah, you guys got great energy, great, you know, everything. Um, I want to ask, okay, the mentioned uh, the video. Yes, yeah, so, the, so the documentary. So Perception from Prison to Purpose, the main goal behind that is to humanize the story of the incarcerated and formerly incarcerated. It's to give these people a reference of, you know, someone who's made a mistake, but what can happen if they're given the, the proper resources and environment to grow and come out of that mistake and to really show the capacity for human change. And uh, honestly, man, that's that's really what it's about. It uses it uses my story, but but you go out and speak too. For sure. Well, how how often are you speaking now? 
uh, do that on a monthly basis. Yeah. On a monthly basis. And you sometimes. travel. You yeah, places. quite a bit, for sure. Yeah, and you're speaking to who now? What, um, what, man, so the, what kind of audience? Yeah, so the audiences and, and Gaetano, he's he's been he's been involved with this quite a mm-hmm. bit as well. It's, um, I mean, this man actually went on a nationwide speaking tour to where we we stopped and we spoke at prison. Well, everybody Cardinal. needs somebody to carry their suitcases, you know. Oh, that's yeah. fucked oh, up. Oh, yes. You know, it's very... <laughs> he's loud out here, suitcase <laughs> carries his Fucking loud. So... Nah. Um, no, <laughs> so, so, so the audience, the audience really is—it's—it's it's working with with at-risk young people, disadvantaged youth populations, the kids who we were, um, but also talking to our, our other men who are who are still incarcerated in the prisons and just trying to trying to give some encouragement and really let them know, like, yo, you can step out into a mentor role. Like, we're coming yeah. from areas that need the most healing and the most help. So we need to take this experience. We need to bring it back to our communities and serve as leaders. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's what you are, naturally. Yeah. Uh, by example and by your message, you're, um, this reminds me of me. Uh, you know, I felt the passion, and I would yeah. go out and speak, and Lad would, would be my suitcase carrier. And <laughs> we, were, we did really good. And for the information, I'm not a suitcase carrier. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. No, Lad, no. <laughs> Lad, that didn't really carry my suitcases <laughs> very often da- either. Neither is Lad. <laughs> no, that's he. Uh, Lad would have to actually have to go to school to do that. But uh, <laughs> uh, what, let's let's quickly make sure you guys got everything in. I'm almost out of time. I am out of time. Yeah, man. I mean, just basically, this is just like um, this is well, we're passionate about this work because it's like these are things that we didn't have in in those areas. You know what I mean? Like all I wanted at those times as a youth was a positive role model that I knew cared. You know what yeah. I mean? So like to be able to give that back to these youth, needs. bro, is like is the utmost fulfillment, man. Like this is that's my shit. I mean, like we do our business because we need some chicken. We need to, you know we need money <laughs> to live. Mm-hmm. But like that work is the passion work. That's what fulfills. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. I thank God for the opportunity to be able to do that in this world that we're living in. So it's yeah, it's great. dope, man. So and you guys are you guys are almost of one mind, I think. Bro, it's really weird. So they're almost like girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Bro, look, wait, go ahead. Deep voices. Go ahead. We, have a, we, have a, we have a very yin yang relationship mm-hmm. where if I'm struggling, I'm going through some shit and I'm in a negative space, like He's suddenly the super. He's super on a super positive to bring me back, and if he's tripping, I'm I'm able to pull him back. Well, back bro, in prison, back. throughout like the sentence and everything, bro. Like there would be conversations where I was like, "Bro, I'm fucking done, homie. Like, mm-hmm. prep a cot for me, dog. I'm on my way, homie. Yeah. Like, um, and I wanted to, dog. Like, there was a time I remember I was standing on the corner with my Glock and my waistline yeah. shirt off, like, fuck everyone. Well, there's, like, there's please no, come catch me. There's no perfect, uh, you know, uh, yeah. answer. It's like it, when you listen to you guys, it's almost like, oh man, everything's great. But there's a lot. Oh, dude, of it's crazy. Struggles. It's, oh, day, absolutely. Man. Every day, and that's the thing people don't see. They think it's yeah. like all the the. You Aren't but millionaires? And, Hell and no, dude. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I. I tell you what I know at least one myself, uh-huh. and the, that guy. <laughs> that guy still has struggles. It's um, real, dude. But that's but, what comes down to like the real. I mean, reality of what it is. I mean, our stature is not. You know, or our 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 like our. Our level of impact, yeah, yeah, it's the impact. But speaking of yin yang relationships, uh, I used to back in prison when me and Lad, Lad Don't and I had a yin yang. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lad used to take it in the end. Oh, <laughs> the uh, oh it wasn't just me either. But uh, <laughs> hey, today's episode of Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package that's right for the future of your business. Also, listeners, please leave Felony Inc. podcast a review on iTunes. We might even read it on the air, motherfuckers. <laughs> it says it right here. So. That's what it says. So, hey, next week our guest is Larry Lawton of the Reality Check program. He, he looks like an interesting guest. That's right, and coming up after the break is Latino Founder Hour with your hosts, Edgar Navis and Claudia Cardenas. Their podcast is usually in Spanish. So, okay, what is that going to be, hermanos y mi hermanas, brother? Finally, one time we got it right. Eso! <laughs> <laughs> Azúcar! That's <laughs> You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.